With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, everybody? We are back with a very, very, very special guest today. We've got Damon the Nomad Wilson in the house, a six and one featherweight fighting this or next weekend on Cage Warriors 155 against John De Jesus. Really appreciate you coming on, man. How's camp been? How you feeling? Hey, it's good. This weekend or next weekend, I'm ready to go. You know, I'll fight, I'll fight this evening if you want. But uh, but yeah, next next Friday, June second at Saquon Casino against John Day Seuss. I'm feeling good, man. Camp's been great. Um, yeah, man, I I couldn't ask for a better camp. You know, uh, just trying to enjoy the journey, enjoy the process of everything. Yes, sir. In your uh, in your last, do you fight, um you like? A... Uh, would... But isn't saying your last fight you uh, had do... a late opponent switch, right? Yeah, yeah, I had an opponent drop out uh, maybe two weeks before, and uh, mm. they were able to find me a, a willing body to step in there. So, um, yeah, you know, that's the fight game. You know, sometimes you get guys that drop out. I've had it happen a couple times. Um, I myself try not to drop out of fights, you know. I mean, I, I go by schoolyard rules. If you drop out, that's a forfeit on my end. So, <laughs> can respect that. Are you um in your camps, are you like – Obviously, now I'm sure you have it pretty much dialed in, but are you, like, detailed to, like, okay, by this week, by this day out from the fight, I should be weighing this. I should be, you know, kind of, like, so, slowing down my sparring, slowing down. Are you are you that detailed, or are you just kind of, like, however you feel? You're, you're right on the money, man. I mean, you know, you've got goals that you set um, for certain times in camp, uh, weight-wise, cardio-wise, you know, that kind of stuff. Obviously, things change. Uh, you know, injuries happen or, or, you know, different things happen to where you got to kind of listen to your body and just and take it day by day as far as that goes. But, yeah, there's always a plan as far as the weight goes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I check my weight constantly. You know, it's one of those things where I got a scale right here sitting next to me. So mm -hmm. I'll hop on the scale in the morning before I go to the gym. I'll weigh on the scale at the gym just to make sure that my scale's lining up with theirs. And then I'll weigh after practice. I got it pretty dialed in, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I don't cut a ton of weight, but, um, but it's, it's been, it's been really dialed in this camp. I, I lose about, you know, six to eight pounds of practice. Um, and then I, I hydrate up. I put that back on and feel good going into the next day. Um, I usually try to practice at the weight that I compete in the octagon at. Um, okay. so yeah, I, I, uh, I got it dialed in pretty well. Yeah. 
Man, that's smart. I feel like that's pretty rare from fighters. It seems like a lot of guys are practicing at a lot heavier weights than they're fighting in the octagon at, but that makes a lot of sense. You know exactly what you're going to be working with on the on the night of. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I, I try to I try to mimic practice as much as I can. You know, you, you put a, a six-week, eight-week training camp in every day showing up to the gym. Uh, you know, when I show up on fight night, I want it to feel the same. You know, different atmosphere, obviously. You throw a ref in the cage and a bunch of screaming fans, turn the lights on. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a fist fight. And, and yeah, if I'm, you know, eating the same breakfast and, and going to the gym, doing my warm-up, weighing about the same, uh, that's that's how I like to have it have it dialed down, dialed down. But, yeah, like you said, a lot of guys, they'll, they'll be through camp. They'll, you know, be, I don't know, 20, 25 pounds overweight and then – having to get that off and in the last couple of weeks and, and trying to manage that and then putting it back on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, as a professional athlete and as a, as an MMA fighter, especially man, our, our bodies are, are extremely important and we want to, you know, maximize the efficiency that, that your body's working at. So that's, that's all there is to it. And uh, yeah, so I do my best as far as the details go, man, devil's in the details for sure. It's uh, it's 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 interesting that I mean not interesting, but it's obviously that you say that as far as your body and your recovery. I, I'm always curious to like for guys at your level, elite athletes at your level, like what is your go-to like recovery? Whether if it's like ice tub or like whether it's I'm just gonna sleep all day this time. Like, what's your like go-to that you think like to get you going? Man, these are some good questions. Uh, yeah, I I do a lot of recovery process, man. I I take care of my body. That's like. One of the most important things for me, I, I had a lot of injuries throughout my college wrestling career. I didn't really know how to take care of my body. Didn't really know what was going on, why I was getting hurt so much. Uh, so I started diving deep into that kind of stuff, especially when I committed full time to the fight game. Um, I knew I needed to be healthy if I was going to have longevity in the sport. Um, I, I do a combination of, of, uh, of uh, contrast therapy, you know, heat, heat and cold. Um, so every day after practice, I hop in the sauna. Um, I think that helps me, uh, sweat a lot more during practice. So it helps that last little bit of water weight come off at the end of camp. Um, and then obviously, you know, a tremendous health benefits from the sauna use. Uh, and then certain days I'll, I'll bounce in the hot tub back and forth from, from cold plunge to, to sauna. Um, and then lately during this camp, I did a lot of, I did, some cold plunges before practice every day. Yeah. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I absolutely hate the cold. I hate yeah, it sucks. cold water. I do cold plunge like probably like three, four times a week. I, I, I hate it every time. It sucks. But like, I can definitely say like, cause there was a time where I did it every single day for about two months and then I got off it for a while. And then I can, I, mm. I can honestly say like, I felt a difference. A hundred percent, man. It, it definitely has benefits. Uh, I, I'm pretty quick with it. You know, some guys stay in there five or six yeah, minutes. No, yeah. I'm usually, I'm usually like a minute and done, you know, shock yeah, the yeah, body. That's all you need. Exactly. It gives you that mental clarity before practice. It, it really, it gives me some mental clarity and just takes away any, any, uh, you know, any grogginess that I'm feeling from, from the night before. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of therapy is always really good for me. Uh, and then just, I, I've got a routine, uh, several routines that I do as far as like mobility and stuff before practice in mm. the evenings to wind down. And then, you know, you mentioned sleep, sleep's super important. I usually get about eight or nine hours of sleep depending on my work, uh, throughout the week. But 
but yeah, all that stuff is once again, man, it's those details that just keep the body running smooth. Yeah, especially in the fight game, it's a game of milliseconds. So any tiny little advantage that you can get in there, you gotta yes, get it if you can. And yeah, so how yeah. how much do you uh so you see some fighters, they spar all the time, like a Sean Strickland or someone like that. And then you see guys like yeah. Max Holloway, where at this point, they're not really sparring at all anymore. How do you manage yeah. taking damage, but simulating a fight and making sure you're getting in there at 100% still? Yeah, yeah, everybody's different. I, honestly, I listen to my coach, you know, uh, Eric Del Fierro. He's, he's our head coach, and he's been around the game longer than damn near anybody in the sport. Uh, obviously coach that likes a dominant cruise for a long time. Um, we do a lot of sparring, you know, we, we definitely, we get our sparring rounds in, no doubt about it. Personally, I'd rather spar every day. I'm, I'm one of those guys where like spar day is my favorite, you know, get in, get your rounds in and get out. Uh, it's a lot, a lot easier than the, the two hour drill practices in my opinion, but, uh, but you need a mixture of all of it. And as far as, you know, as far as the sparring round goes, like if we're going hard, if we're going 100%, we'll put the 16-ounce gloves on, you know, something a little bigger. Um, you know, I see some of these guys that spar a lot with little gloves, and I, I get it to a certain ex extent because you are, you know, putting the 4-ounce gloves on on fight night. Um, but in the training room, man, you can do a lot of damage with those things. And uh, a lot of times if we are if we are small, uh, using smaller gloves, we'll do a lot more grappling and clinch work. Uh, our coach will do a good job of getting us tired to where we can't really unload on each other. Um, so yeah, it's just a mixture of all that. And it just, once again, kind of depends on how camp's going, how, how run down is your body? You know, how are you looking? Um, and, and for certain guys, I think there come, probably comes a certain time in your career where you've, you've had so many rounds, you've seen so many punches that, you know, sparring is not necessarily going to help you that much leading up to fights. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I like to get in there and scrap, man. That's what it's all about. So yeah, got to do as much as possible. Um, So I saw the older fights when cage warriors was, I don't know if it was when they first came back to America or at least just after COVID they had those fights outside right by the Harbor with the sun yeah. on you. Was that yeah. kind of weird? That's how, that's how everyone thought Fight Island was gonna be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was that was the real Fight Island for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, that was uh, that, was that was Humphreys at the Bay out here in San Diego. I, I fought on man. I think I fought there three times. Um, yeah, it's it's different. It's kind of like that, like Mortal Kombat background, you know. Um, but but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, a couple of those events got a little chilly. Um, I think one of my fights, man, it might've been like 58 degrees when I walked in there and I stepped, I stepped in a, a pool of blood that was cold and I was like, Oh, kind of weird. But, uh, and then, and then the one with the sun, the sun gets in your eyes a little bit. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's got its pros and cons. I think for the fans, it was very beneficial and the fans loved, uh, those events, um, but yeah, we've we've moved indoors to the casino, which is a nice facility as well. I'm sure they'll probably go back to the bay at some point. It's it's fun fights out there for sure. Yeah, are you um, when, when yeah. you walk into that cage and you do your walk? Is, are you still like? Are you still nervous? Are you like prepared? Like obviously you're prepared, but like 
is it less nerves because you feel prepared or is it still like nervous because you're putting your life like obviously at risk? Like what's that feeling? Yeah, man, it, it's hard to, it's hard to put into words there. The, of I course bet. there's nerves leading up, you know, there, there's always those nerves. There's always, you know, doubt creeping in and uh, there's a, there's a lot going on in your head and, for me, man, I just, I try to stay present. I try to, um, I try to take in everything that I'm experiencing, man, because you only get to experience this stuff once. And I've heard it from a lot of retired fighters, a lot of guys that have been through the sport. And, you know, a lot of the regrets are like simple things like that of not taking it in, not enjoying mm. each moment, you know, not, not enjoying those emotions that you feel leading up to the fight. Yeah. Because sometimes it, it can wear on you, you know, you're, you're constantly thinking about the fight, trying to, you know, trying to play it out in your head and it takes a toll on you, but you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches, man. You gotta, you gotta accept each emotion that comes and just accept it for what it is and, and try to turn it into good. Um, but yeah, I, I try to get, you know, I try to stay present. Usually, usually you feel a little bit of nerves, but, but man, as soon as that ref says go, it's like that, that shit goes out the window. You're, you're in a fist fight. It, you know, there's, there's no room to think. So, and, and really that's when you do your best work is when you're in there not thinking, that's how you can achieve that yeah. flow state and really, really do your best work. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's the yin and the yin and the yang as well. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty stoic. I, I look pretty stoic on the outside, but you know, sometimes on the inside, you're you're fired up and ready to go but that's how it should be you know it's it's when you're calm on the inside you're rigorous on the outside and vice versa when you're in that cage you become rigorous on the outside and then you're calm on the inside so it's constantly having that yin and yang as you lead up to the fight wise words can you hear much from i mean obviously you can probably hear your coaches giving you uh like commands in their advice during your fight just because you're used to their voices but can you hear the crowd and certain people saying certain things yeah yeah you can um yeah obviously i try to lock into my coaches a lot of times i can hear their coaches um you hear the roars of the crowd so uh sometimes sometimes that's how I know that I, I landed a clean shot you know it's yeah. like I'll, I'll crack somebody and you don't really feel it but you hear the crowd and you're like, okay, something, something landed hard, you know? And, and then of course I've got a couple jackass friends that, that I can hear, you know, in the background <laughs> screaming like idiots. Uh, I'll, I'll hear them a couple times for sure. Um, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Some of the little things that you'll pick up on when you're in there. Um, but once again, it, it goes back to like trying to be present and trying to focus on the punch, you know, focus on the next punch, the next kick, trying to take in what your coaches are saying. So, uh, so yeah, you, you want to, you want to embrace the, the energy of the crowd, but you also don't want to get sucked into it to where it affects the way you fight, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. One of the reasons I asked is because I actually, I was watching some of your fights on YouTube and I saw, I think it was your, your pro debut. And there is this, there is this lady who is, uh, it was against Poncho, and it was, it must have been Poncho's girl. Yeah, that was, that was Poncho's girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a video Poncho's right girl, here. Man. I'm gonna play it so everyone can <laughs> know what we're referring to because it's pretty hilarious. I had to screen record yeah. that and put that in here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Poncho, fifteen seconds. Get the fuck out of here. Poncho, 
And poor Poncho, he had, <laughs> he had to get his ass for by you, yeah. and then he had to go home to that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, that, that that was a small show in Michigan, man. That was before I started my Cage Warriors career, and that was probably back in 2017 or something, man. I've come a long way since then. I was uh, myself today would 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 put myself back then away in about 30 seconds, to be honest yeah, with you, yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, Poncho Poncho came out on the wrong wrong end of the stick there. Uh, yeah, his his woman his woman was a little wild. Seriously, she must have just had a little too much to drink or something. Man, it was the, the first will, round. The and, booze will be flowing for sure. Yeah, yeah, he would be like attempting an armbar or something, and she'd be like, "Stand up, stand up." Yeah, she didn't she didn't really understand what was going on either. That doesn't help, you know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you met how you mentioned that the the person uh now would put away the person back then you in 30 seconds um is it just obviously it's just more reps but is it like more of a physical aspect too because you look at a lot of ufc guys and they don't hit their prime till like 30 31 and as opposed to like you know other athletes football baseball basketball where it's like 25 26 is it just like you think it's just reps or you think like it's just different like physicality even when you get like from that age it's a combination of, of both of those for sure. For me, it was it was a major boost in physique and, and physical attributes. Uh, I was somewhat of a late bloomer, and that was – man, I was – I mean, I was probably 26 or 25. I was maybe 25 on my pro debut. Um, you know, and for a lot of guys, they're fully matured by then. But uh, for me, I definitely wasn't. And, and obviously I put a lot of work in since then, but yeah, physique and physicality, uh, tremendously upgraded since then. But then once again, like you said, the reps in, in the gym, you know, I thought I knew how to fight back then. I, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I, and, and that was, you know, I was training three or four days a week. I was at a gym, I was at a gym that was okay, but they didn't have, you know, it was like, I was one of the better guys there, you know what I mean? So when I made the, the move to commit full-time to fighting, that's why I came out here to, to San Diego and trained with guys that I knew were better than me. I knew I was going to get my ass whooped, you know? So so I came out here to get my ass whooped. That's how you're going to get better. Um, and, and yeah, it's just a process, man. And, and like you said, a lot of guys come into their prime around this time. I just turned 30. I do feel like I'm coming into my prime. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a ton of fight mileage, so I feel pretty good as far as that goes. So I'm I'm looking forward to the next couple of years. I think I can really do some damage in this sport for sure. I agree. Yeah, dude, I saw in one of your outdoor fights, the one against John Butner, I believe it was, you ate a head kick. Like I've never seen <laughs> someone eat a head, maybe Francis, but I haven't seen yeah. too many people eat a head kick like that. That was insane. And then you just went on to finish him with a right hand from the gods. Yeah, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. John Butner had some really sharp striking. He was uh, he was a real good kickboxer. And uh, to be honest with you, he exposed what I was lacking. I was lacking a lot of those uh, mm. defensive skills, especially in the kicking department. And um, unfortunately, I had to eat some head kicks to realize that but yeah he he landed some flush shins on my head there and uh i don't know man i don't know how i ate him but 
I'm, I'm trying not to get hit by those anymore because those are the ones that'll that'll put you out. So, so yeah, I've learned a lot of a lot of kick defense since then. I think I spent the next several months after that fight checking low kicks and mm-hmm. defending high kicks. So uh, he taught me a lot for sure. But yeah, I appreciate you guys doing your research too. That's uh, oh, that's a, that's a good one there. Is so- there a um is there a relationship? Obviously, like. Obviously, there's a relationship, but like, who is the relationship between Cage Warriors and UFC? Is it kind of just thanks to Connor, or is it kind of just like that's because I, I you see a lot of Cage Warriors guys to UFC more than I like honestly from like Bellator to UFC. Is it what's the relationship there, and who's like the main guy driving that relationship? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I think it's just something that was built over time with the Cage Warriors brass and the and the UFC brass. Um, you know, Graham Boylan, the, the president of Cage Warriors, has done a real good job over the past 10 years of, of building Cage Warriors into the biggest promotion in Europe. And now he's brought it over to the States. And I think a big part of it, I'm not exactly sure when they got on Fight Pass, but I think a big part of yeah. it was joining UFC Fight Pass. A lot of yeah. times that kind of means that you're like a direct feeder into the UFC. Um, so I think that was big. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody in Europe, you know, before they came to the States, everybody in Europe knew that the path to the UFC was getting a Cage Warriors belt. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was just an overtime. They realized that that was, that was the talent coming from Europe was coming out of the Cage Warriors uh, promotion. And, and, yeah, I think you're still seeing it, man. I mean, there's, there's several good guys that have, have put on the yellow gloves that are now wearing the UFC ones and, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be Patty me was, next. You know what I'm saying? Patty was for sure ducking you. Patty don't want no smoke with nobody. Yeah, yeah. He's he must be roughed up right now. I'm sure he'll get back in there probably at the end of the year. But he's got a lot of guys calling him out. That's for damn sure. I would, I would too. <laughs> so that's a good fight, man. It's a good fight. You know, it's funny. Uh, Chase Hooper looked pretty good at lightweight this weekend. I saw some he people did. He looked big. about that one. And, yeah, that'd be an interesting matchup just to see what their grappling exchanges look like because Patty's grappling is really, really unique, uh, and Chase Hooper's is as well. So it'd be pretty nice seeing those entanglements go down on the ground. Yeah. So another another one of your Cage Warriors fights, I'm pretty sure this is the one that Steve-O was actually commentating, and he is this weekend as well, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's back. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that for sure. He, he must just be a fan of the Nomad. It's a it's a bummer that they stopped that one early because of that cut. I mean, it's hard to tell from the camera angle, obviously, but it yeah, didn't... Um, it it was a pretty bad cut. Um, yeah. I didn't think the placement was that bad. You know, it was it was kind of in the middle of his forehead, so it wasn't going his eyes too bad. But as far as the size of the cut, it was it was pretty significant um okay. yeah i mean i mean it's it's one of those things where like i was ready to keep going uh i was feeling really good i'd finally gotten my rhythm in that fight against old james settle but to be honest with you i'm i i, I really like james settle he's he's yeah. one of my former teammates so i i, I was kind of eventually i was glad that they stopped it just because i didn't really want to put any any more damage on the kid but um but yeah, that was an interesting one with Steve-O uh, commentating. He's he's pretty good. He's got a, a decent knowledge of the sport, and he, he yeah. really enjoys the violent part of it. Um, so yeah, I, 
and I got I got to talk to him after that fight, and he's he's a really good dude, man. He's a really down to earth dude. So I'm excited to see him back on the in the booth. Oh yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people like Jalen and I did probably four or five years back. We were just catching the MMA bug like crazy because people are starting to realize how amazing this sport is, and just how much higher the highs and lower the lows are than any other sport and just such bigger implications on every fight. Oh, it's the best. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, you're exactly right. I was going to ask you guys, do you, do you guys train or are you uh, just fans? I train, I train a little bit, not regularly, but yeah. I do train. I do train probably like twice a week. I cool, want cool, to, but cool. I got to, yeah. I don't know. What would you recommend? What What's the best, like, what's the best base to do first? Like, what would you say, like, if you had to do one thing, boxing, jujitsu, kickboxing, what would you say? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm a little biased towards wrestling. I grew up wrestling all my life. So, like, you know, I, I think that's um, a real good base to have. But, but you know, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are probably um, – how old are you guys? Are, are you – 22. Mid-20? 20, okay, so you're, you're – okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, honestly, for you guys, I would probably get into jujitsu. Like, jujitsu is one of those things where, um, especially if you're not looking to, like, compete in MMA, jujitsu is a, a great community of people, man. Just a uh, real good yeah, community, and you. Yeah, I've man, actually been to like a few jujitsu classes, and it's crazy. Like, like it's like I was telling Eric. I think like I went to jujitsu classes probably for like a couple weeks, but like everyone's like crazy helpful. Like literally every oh, single person. Oh, so nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. People like, are I, the I, I was almost, like it was like almost weird how nice everyone was. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. For, for sure, for sure. Hey, and then they'll choke you out, you know. So yeah, like, and then they'll just be like, hey, yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it, it's an interesting sport, but uh, but yeah, get into jujitsu, but man, do it all, you know, do whatever you like, you know, that's that's really the way to go. I mean, I like punching shit, I like taking people mm-hmm. down, I mean, it's just... Do whatever makes you happy is really all that matters. So how did uh how did you get into the sport? Was it just you were wrestling and then you like that's just kind of the next step just to just to make money? Yeah. Um man, honestly, like I decided when I was probably like twelve or thirteen years old that I wanted to fight. I don't really know why. I mean, I was wrestling, obviously, but um that was when the ultimate fighter first came out the first season. Griffin mm. and Bonner had that wild fight and I don't know, man. I just, I, I saw it as something that I could be good at. I had a lot of toughness growing up. Um, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. You know, I would prefer, preferred to play baseball or something like that, but, you know, wasn't talented enough. So uh, I saw it, I saw it as an avenue of being able to compete later in life. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that, to have an option to compete at this age, being 30 years old and, and, and being able to compete like that but yeah it was just one of those things where it just transitioned well from wrestling and just kind of rolled with it man you know nice where did you get the nickname the nomad from yeah i was gonna ask like well, what, what does that mean and where did that come from yeah so uh so like so nomads are uh like an ancient tribe that basically didn't have a home uh, so they travel, you know, they travel and just kind of, you know, do their thing. And, and I, I've been ever since college, um, I've been on the road traveling. I live in a camper. I'm in my camper right now. Um, so yeah. like, you know, I pull my camper up to different places and whoop ass, you know, I just, uh, go to different gyms and 
uh, I was working on the road. So my job was on the road and then I would go to different gyms and, you know, get, get different, different training from coaches and training partners and all of it. So, you know, I just been on the road a long time and, and, uh, and then on top of that, it's, it's actually my name spelled backwards. So, uh, it's kind of a cool little deal there. Oh, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's funny. Cause my, my shirts, my walkout shirts say the nomad and, uh, people will look in the mirror and it'll say Damon. And so I always get messages oh, of, of people oh, saying, Oh, I, I didn't even realize that it was your name spelled backwards, you know? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Where can where could we get your shirts? Because I've actually I've seen them, and they they're pretty sick. The USA ones. Yeah, yeah, I've got some. I've got a few different colors. Um, my merch site should be back on. Uh, I closed it down at one point. I think I reopened it. So if you get my my uh, link tree on my on my bio on Instagram, there's a a merch site that you can go to and and they'll ship to you and stuff and they're they're really good shirts super nice quality people wear them at the gym all the time because they're real good workout shirts so yeah man i would definitely love the support and hop on there and get you some merch oh yeah i'll definitely be repping a nomad shirt on one of these next few episodes you mentioned um you mentioned the stephen bonner fight in the first season ultimate fighter um but i'm curious like is there anyone else you watched or a couple guys you're like okay, I want to get into this and like, the, like a couple guys you looked up to and a couple guys that like really got you into the sport. Yeah. Uh, so some of my favorite fighters growing up, um, I was a big fan of Fedor, Fedor and Milanenko mm. fighting in pride back in the day. Um, I just liked the, the commitment to violence that dude had, you know, um, and his, his stoic mentality as well. Um, and then of course, you know, I always rooted for the wrestlers, Randy Couture, um, one, one guy that I really liked watching that kind of goes under the radar. People don't talk a, a lot about him. Chris Lytle, Chris lights out Lytle. Um, if you haven't seen him fight, you need to watch a, a highlight of Chris Lytle. That was a guy that could do it all. You know, he had real sharp boxing. He could, he could grapple on the ground. He could take a punch and give a punch better than any man uh in the octagon so uh big fan of him and then of course dominant cruz you know he was a big reason why why i joined joined alliance him and jeremy steven uh watching them growing up so yeah i got got quite a bit of guys that that i you know grew up watching and uh yeah any anybody that just brought the heat usually got my attention is it like harder for you not harder but like when you're what is it i guess harder in a way to like watch ufc events now and you see guys at your division you're like damn like i'm just i'm just better than him is that like what is that what kind of like how you watch them yeah for sure 100 percent. yeah there's guys in there and i'm and i'm looking at them just like man how did they get the call you know and i know sometimes there's guys in there that that uh are in there to get beat up you know the ufc's got to build names mm. so they got to have fighters to to build names mm. off of um, so I understand that part of the business as well, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely see some piss poor performances in there and I'm, I'm always just like, you know, chomping a bit waiting for my moment, but you know, you got to create those moments, you know, no, nothing in this life is given. Um, you know, I'm not one of these guys that, that's going to sit here and say that I deserve this and I deserve that, I man. I don't deserve anything. You know, I, I got to earn everything that I get. So, uh, so, you know, if I'm going to get my, my chance, if I'm going to get that call, I'm going to know that, that I worked my ass off to get it and that I deserve that, that I earned it and, uh, and I'll make the most of it when it comes. But 
but yeah, there's there's always those those moments for sure. So great mentality to have. Let I feel me grab like. a charger real quick. Okay. It's nice not being live. Just grabbing a phone yeah. charger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I bet uh, if Cron Gracie's last name wasn't Gracie, obviously he's an amazing grappler, world world class grappler. I'm not taking <laughs> that away from him, but if his last name wasn't Gracie, I don't think he's on the roster. Like just just things like that. Yeah. Might be lagging a bit. For sure. That's definitely one of those fights that'll piss a guy off for sure. You know, go in there and, and not, you know, it's, it's pretty embarrassing, but that on my end. Does, um, I wanted to ask you too, does like, does obviously they can't really do nothing to stop it. It's just inevitable. But like, is Cage Warriors like actively trying to get these guys out to UFC, or do they kind of just want to keep their guys? Or like, or, or, or like, does if Cage does Cage Warriors want to get you out? Pretty much is like what I'm asking. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think you know. From from one perspective, it's like you want to keep around good talent because you want them fighting for you and putting on good shows and, and, and that kind of thing. But then again, you also want to be represented on, on the, yeah, that's like, that's how I know Cage Warriors from Connor and Patty. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, I guess you see both perspectives. I I would say, uh, I would say there comes a point in, in your career where they can't hold on to you. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I think they do their best to to build their fighters and and build, um, you know, build their brands and and then when the time comes and the time's right and the UFC makes the call, you know, I, I think I think they're fine with guys going and and representing for sure. So are yeah. you on a like? So is that kind of like I don't know how the contract works, but is it kind of just like, hey, if they call, I can leave anytime, or or how does Cage Warriors contract work? Uh, I don't really know, man, to be honest with you, the legal kind of stuff like that. I'm not exactly sure. I think you can, I think certain contracts have probably clauses in them where it's like, if, if this promotion calls, you can get released yeah. early, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the legal stuff, I I, I don't concern. I, I I don't really know, man. To be honest with you. True. Um, let's see. I had a couple. So I saw in your Instagram bio you had burgers and whiskey in there. So I'm guessing you're a pretty big fan of both of those things. So just had a couple questions about those. Do you, if you've tried them, do you prefer Howler Head or Proper Twelve? Ooh. Have you tried them both? Yeah, I have. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to 
say proper 12 because of the experience I had with it. <laughs> it, was, it was a good night? I'm right there with you. I actually had proper 12 after my – yeah, it, it was a great time, man. It was after my fight in, in, in London on New Year's Eve against Harilla. And uh, we flew over to Dublin afterwards and went to the Black Forge Inn. And um, a lot of people were kind of, you know, a lot of people were talking shit on it. And I think it was more so because they don't like McGregor. I had a great experience, man. It was a really cool place, cool atmosphere. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team. Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. The food was great. I had a giant, I shared a 64 ounce t- uh, tomahawk steak with a couple of my boys and uh and drank and drank several shots of proper 12 um so yeah i gotta go to the proper 12 just because of the experience but um but yeah it's it's definitely not my favorite whiskey that's that's for sure it's uh yeah i I prefer like a i prefer a rye or even a bourbon um something in the states man i'm I'm guessing so like so after the fight when you get the win next saturday what's the go-to whiskey you're drinking uh a lot of times I go bullet rye, uh, um, unless my buddy decides to buy a bottle of Whistle Pig. Whistle Pig ten years, a little pricey, and he'll he'll splurge on it every now and then if we get a, a KO. So, um, so yeah, something like that. But honestly, uh, do what? That's your performance bonus right there. If you if you if you get the knockout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It truly is, and uh, yeah. But honestly, though, man, my my eyes are usually more on the cheeseburgers, man. Like, food is mm. is all I can think about through camp, and I usually splurge pretty heavily uh, several weeks after the fight. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. So do you eat? mainly just kind of more gourmet like local burger places or do you get some fast food burgers as well man i don't discriminate you know i I think there's good fast food burgers out there i think freddy's has got a good smash burger Uh, five five guys five guys has a real good burger um obviously you know i'd rather have the the local guys i got i got a buddy here in san diego and la jolla classic burger shop he does an incredible smash burger best burger in san diego um so yeah i don't discriminate at all i had one last weekend did a little burger review went up to santee and had uh man i don't know it was like a ribeye burger it was massive uh real tasty though yeah that was kind of the last last good thing i got Mm. to eat before i had to start watching the weight so um, Dang, I almost yeah, feel no bad about bringing that up right now. Yeah, but I was saying, but can we bring no, it up? No, 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 <laughs> it's no, not it's like you're, good, it's not like you're Pereira no. cutting thirty pounds, huh? Yeah, and, and honestly, like I'll I'll have fun with it. Like 
my my wife's getting here uh on saturday and like she's gonna be eating food and whatever man i'll i'll, I'll chill with her and, and watch her eat and live vicariously through that and i'll even watch the food network like i'll throw on some some gordon ramsay or something man a competition <laughs> show like it is what it is i'll get to eat you know saturday you got any shows you're into right now like netflix shows or anything like that Um, I mean, I, I just finished watching Chimp Empire. Um, the guy that, that, uh, directed it, he was on Joe Rogan's the other day. So I went ahead and watched that. It was good. Um, I started watching the McGregor documentary. It's pretty interesting as well. Um, uh, but as far as shows right now, man, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little up in the air. Not, not, nothing really that I'm. That's catching my attention, I reckon. Yeah. Who do you like in um Connor Chandler? Ooh. Uh I mean, like stylistically, you would think McGregor it favors McGregor just because like he's always done well with short stocky wrestlers. You know, yeah, yeah. Even though Mendez did have a lot of success in that fight, but I see a lot of similarities in Chandler and Mendez's mm-hmm. styles. Um, I don't know, man. It, Chandler is one of those guys that he just creates chaos, but he leaves a lot of opening. Yeah. And McGregor is one of those guys where he finds openings and, and he will hurt you bad. He'll hurt you real bad. So... I lean towards McGregor, but I mean, I'll be rooting for Chandler. I'm I'm America all day and American wrestlers, so I'll be rooting for Chandler. I was gonna ask when you said uh, Chandler like leaves a lot of openings. Like we talked about it all the time, how like he kind of just came to the UFC and just like changed his style. Like he, you know, he went from like Bellator, he was a lot of like ground and pound and submission to like he came to the UFC and he's just like, I'm just gonna take the biggest name fights and I'm just gonna brawl and if I lose, I lose. Like, how do you? what do you think of that? And like, is that something that like you kind of think of, like obviously trying to get to the, where he's at, like, I just got to go in there and I got to, I got to perform and like, I got to make fights entertaining. Um, yeah, I think, I think he was at a point in his career where he knew like he was kind of on the tail end of his career. Uh, so he just wanted to make the most of it, make the most money and that kind of yeah, thing. Get a good job but it. he, he, yeah, for sure. But he also, he was always pretty chaotic in Bellator anyway. He definitely used to wrestle a little more. Uh, I think when he transitioned to, to working with Henry Hooft on his striking, he really yeah. fell in love with the striking. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just kind of his mentality and his style. I See, I think, I think you can still put on really entertaining fights and go for finishes while still being defensively sound. So, I mean, that's what I try to do. Like, I'm not trying to go in there and, and waylay on a guy and get knocked out. Like, I'd like to stay somewhat decently safe in there while creating chaos and damage. So I think, I think it's a balance as far as that goes. And he, he goes so far on the chaotic side that it it tends to, like I said, leave openings, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing what he's got to do. He got the, he got the money fight, so he must be doing something right. Yeah. I guess he did say he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time and he's been living up to that so far. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music are you listening to during camp? Is it a few specific artists or just kind of all over the place? Is there there's certain types of I'm music you listen to to get you pumped up? Oh, my bad. I'm I'm pretty open to to all music. Um, I mean, I'm I grew up a country boy, so like I listen to a lot of country. Um, a lot of like a lot of uh, you know Zach Bryan, Tyler Childers, uh, guys like that. Um, and then like you know when I'm at practice. I usually don't have control over the music, so it tends to be it tends to be a lot of Spanish good grooves, and then I've got I've also got a lot of Filipino friends in the area that like those island vibes, so I'll get down Ooh. to the island vibes as well. So yeah, I, I I like all kinds of music, but yeah, if I'm sitting in my camper, I'm probably listening to some country or some dirt road stuff. Uh, last last question for me here, man. Like, I really appreciate your time. Are you um, are you involved a lot in your opponents um, as far as like game plans and how you're gonna go about the fight, or you kind of just leave that up to your coaches? A little bit of both. I I enjoy the process of uh, watching film and breaking down the opponent and that kind of stuff. Um, so like I'll bounce ideas off of my coach and I'll say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, I'm seeing this and, you know, and, and he, he's pretty open to where he'll be like, yeah, I mean, do, do what you feel works, do what you like, you know, kind of leave it up to me. So, um, uh, this go round, he's a Southpaw striker. So that's a little different. I, I don't think I fought a Southpaw. Um, but myself, I switched stances quite a bit. So, I'm used to seeing, uh, you know, uh, same stance ver you know, an opposite stance. I'm used to seeing that kind of look. So um, it's just, you know, fine tuning a few different combinations and footwork and stuff that, that we'll do versus southpaws. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the breakdown of that kind of stuff for sure. Mm. All right. And um yeah i got yeah i guess one more question i could probably think of a lot more but we've already taken up a lot of your time especially hey, coming this, up on this is the longest stuff. interview i've done dude you hey. they usually do about 20 minute interviews you guys are, are really running it but hey we're doing a damn podcast at this point right uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well we technically are we're kind of on our joe rogan but, shit yeah. a little bit <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> All right, so my last question, do you have a prediction? I don't know if you're into giving those out or if you don't want to jinx it or anything. That's right. How about Might be lagging. I usually do give a prediction. Uh, To be honest with you, though, like for this, thinking about the outcome, you got me? Um. Yeah, I'm not really concerned too much with the outcome. I'm going into this one thinking I'm 0-0 zero and, zero and he's 0-0. Zero and zero, And uh, I'm looking to do as much damage as possible in the 15 minutes. And that that's all there is to it, man. If, if I go in there and do that and he comes out on the other end with a win, then all props to him, man. That's a hell of a fighter right there. But I, I really think that if I, I go in there with the mentality that I'm fighting to – hurt him not to win 
not to not fight not to lose but fight to just do violent things bad intentions and i really think that's gonna get the job done I think we lost you for a little bit. Can you hear all me? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. man, like I said, man, we have all you extra got time. What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good right I mean, there. I, that is I appreciate it. you guys. Yeah, it, it definitely ran a little longer than I expected, but but no worries, man. I, I don't have a whole lot going on. I'm going to go hop in the swimming pool and do some breath holds or something like that. So uh, I appreciate you guys doing it. Is Are you guys pretty new to it? Or are you just starting out with interviews and that kind of stuff? Um, I mean, I think you're the third fighter that we've ever interviewed. We've been doing our podcast for almost okay, cool. a year now, I guess, but we haven't done too many interviews yet. So appreciate you for bearing okay, with cool. us. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You guys, you guys did a good job. You asked a lot of questions that, that people normally don't ask. I get tired of answering the same shit over and over. So you, you guys did a good job as far as the variety of questions so appreciate you appreciate the exposure and uh yeah if you if you come out with it on instagram or whatever just make sure you tag me so i can shoot it to my folks oh of course appreciate thank you, you man best of luck uh next week we'll be tuned in on fight pass i might i might be there i'm going to san diego on saturday but i'm gonna try and come a day early a day nice. early and make the fight so i can possibly Hell see you. yeah Let's go. Right. Sounds good, brother. I appreciate you guys. We'll catch you on the we'll catch you on the flip side. And uh, yeah, yes, sir. Right. Thank you. Good luck. Stay safe. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. We'll see you. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.